Hey folks, Nate here. You're listening to Critical Care, a show about games, community, and the ways we play. This is episode 56, featuring installation artist and game designer Druve of Studio Oliumingus. Enjoy. So I'm, I'm Dhruv and my pronouns are he and him. Uh, I'm the founder of Oliumingus, which is a small arts practice studio that I run along with uh, Sushant Chakrabarti. Um, and occasionally we collaborate with uh, Vivek uh, and Suparna and, and Saril uh, on our projects or installations. Uh, and, we, and we usually study uh, the, the intersections of uh, interactive fiction and post-colonial writing and, uh, and, and bits of speculative architecture, you know, usually by making video games or writing about uh, video games. Um, and, and we end up doing uh, sort of installation work um, or, or, or sort of you know, somewhat traditional uh, video game-like, you know, sort of small, uh, sort of small projects. Yeah, I'm I'm most familiar with your your games work. You sort of the stuff that I can I can play uh, on itch yeah. and on Steam. But I was looking through kind of some of the the photos that you have on your site of like the installation work, uh, which seems mm-hmm. really interesting and and something that I'd like to touch on a little bit later. I think what what really struck me uh, about your work and what uh made me interested in kind of having you on to to talk about it is how even over just like a couple. Uh, relatively short games. I think they all took me about mm-hmm. 10, 20 minutes to play. It felt like you had a, a really clear and 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 unique kind of uh, like style, uh, mo- mostly like formally, um, as well as kind of like the voice of the game. Uh, for people who haven't played uh, any of your games, um, which I would recommend they do if you're listening to this, uh, go, go play those and then come back. Uh, and this will probably make a lot more sense. Um, but most of them, at least the ones that I play, uh, take kind of a, a form that is uh, partially like a twine style interactive fiction uh, component and then uh, 3D environments that you can explore and occasionally interact mm-hmm. with and or uh, devour uh, in the case of uh, <laughs> the indifferent wonder of edible places, which I believe is your most recent work. Yeah, yeah. At least it's the most recent that is, you know, like a in in video game form. Mm-hmm. And so they all they all share uh, this sort of structure, uh, which I think is just like I don't know. I haven't seen it used in quite this this way, um, mm-hmm. especially though. I think the one that that really sort of left the biggest impression was a museum of dubious splendors, which kind of uses oh, the form uh, almost as like a comedic tool uh <laughs> using it to using the juxtaposition between the it, the fiction elements that are just like kind of like text that you're reading through and the environments that you uh, are able to walk around with and are kind of presented as this surreal uh art gallery was uh yeah. just yeah just like a very <laughs> i i don't think i don't think we see uh games using their form as like a, a source of comedy that often. Uh, so it was really, really mm-hmm. interesting to see. Um, so this is a long preamble to basically ask kind of like how, how you sort of arrived at, at this, this structure, uh, which seems to, to be kind of to go across all your games to kind of like mm-hmm. keep them somewhat cohesive. 
because it was just something that uh, sort of just arose out of the stories that you were trying to tell or like the just kind of types of games that you're interested in or was it something that you kind of set out specifically to explore like that that juxtaposition that I was talking about? Well, it's, it's a, a little bit of it is deliberate and a little bit of it is, you know, accidental. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, there, there are obviously uh, sort of limitations to uh, what sort of two people can build, you know, in a, in a right. short period of time. Uh, and, and a lot of our games are about spaces and, and mm -hmm. places more than they are about people. And sort of, and 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 the human characters are often quite deliberately diminished um, mm -hmm. in response to to history or authority or you know uh, or or how the narrative is sort of shaped around them. So you rarely see uh, humans in the game, and that is also a function of the fact that we don't know how to make humans in games <laughs> yet, uh, at least not very well. <laughs> uh, we have no sort of background in, in making games and animation. So, uh, so, so we you know, sort of focus on, on spaces mm -hmm. uh, out of both necessity and, and, and the, the kind of narratives that we, that we sort of choose to engage with. But um, the, the particular combination of uh, text and spaces that you can move through or uh, or some manifestation of spaces that you're moving across uh, in, in some manner is a format that we've been we've been exploring for a little while and and that we you know, want to continue exploring uh, for for a while longer because I find it particularly uh, interesting to combine just the idea of looking at you know text and looking at spaces and compositions and the idea of movement and that is more than enough interaction for me to want to grapple with. Maybe because you know we don't, uh, and I, I personally don't have a very very long sort of uh, history of, of of playing video games and being sort of steeped in video game cultures. Uh, I am skeptical of sort of entangled uh, and and complex systems. Uh, not not so much as systems, uh, but as uh, you know, in in wondering what kind of narratives uh, can sort of reside within them, and and to what degree can we you know, allow the systems to overwhelm uh, the, the sort of story that we're trying to, uh, trying to narrate. So a lot of our work then becomes almost a, a kind of, you know, storybook with, with illustrations in, in it, you know, where you are within the illustration as you are reading through the story, where the act of reading through the story has some small um, implication on the illustration that you are within. Uh, and, and that is, you know, sort of a fairly large amount of interaction for us, um, and and we're very happy to sort of keep exploring within that very small domain. You know, to see what happens when you move, move a person or move a presence through through space, and what does it mean for space to be moved through, especially space that is being sort of simulated, um, and. Uh, and 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 what does it mean to read uh, space and colors and composition and text uh, and 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 find a kind of rhythm, uh, you know, to to sort of jumping between text and space uh, or or mixing them together in, in sort of various ways. Hmm. Yeah, that's 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 really fascinating. Uh, I have I have uh, a couple thoughts that I I want to mm -hmm. dive into. Firstly, I'm curious uh, since you said you don't have like a very long history of games i'm 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 curious like kind of how what that history looks like kind of like how you i guess started making games and and what mm -hmm. were sort of like the the games that you played or were just interested in that kind of led you there so uh, uh you know i've played a lot of 
board games and I used to play a lot of board games. Um, mm. And, you know, that, that tends to be, you know, the kind of game that I, uh, that I sort of play with my family, play with other people, you know, with friends, um, and then spend a lot of, lot of my time playing. Uh, and video games, uh, were, you know, I've had like a sporadic relationship with video games. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. So I've, I've been fascinated by them, but the only way to get video games when I was younger was to get them on sort of pirated uh, CDs. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, you know, uh, and, and the only computer I had access to was the one in my father's office, you know, uh, which they, they would use draft. Uh, drawings for buildings and it was it was not particularly powerful so you know mm -hmm. you would go through all these machinations to make games run and they would rarely run as they're supposed to and you only have about you know an hour and a week or so to, to play so i have no coherent uh, understanding of, of games except as sort of technical systems that you're trying to unlock using <laughs> cheat codes uh, uh, and you know and crack software and, and and in inevitably spoiling my father's computer <laughs> In, in, in the process of having to repair it. Uh, so, uh, so, it was, um, so only when I was in, you know, uh, in, in college, uh, and that too towards, you know, uh, like the middle of my, my college years that I, that I sort of started playing some video games. And, and by then you had a full blown sort of, uh, implosion of, uh, of fascinating indie games, you know, on Steam. They were sort of widely available and, and very popular, and there was a lot of writing about them, uh, which I found to be vastly more fascinating than anything I'd seen in video games before, and especially mm -hmm. with uh, games like Dear Esther and, and a little bit later with Kentucky uh, Zero. Um, so, uh, and, and, you know, of course, a little bit down the line, you had itch.io and, and, and sort of really brilliant games coming out of, uh, you know, uh, out of there with, with with creators that I'd never never really sort of engaged with or heard of uh, mm -hmm. before, but I was I was uh, not only you know surprised to play such a such a baffling variety of work, uh, which was also so visually exciting, but also uh, th these sorts of games just seemed more comfortable, uh, especially games that were you know driven by text. I you know, started looking into uh, interactive fiction, you know, particularly sort of conventional uh, text-driven uh, IF games, and 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 sort of really enjoyed that that sort of pocket uh and you know which is also around the time that i started uh, making games um or or at least started making art projects that were uh, sort of game-like and, and which eventually just transitioned into making games it's so interesting that that uh to have your entry point i guess into like contemporary games be something like dear esther um or or kentucky rod zero like these very I don't know. They 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 feel so kind of like like outside of of conventional games culture. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's just interesting to me, like how that must be like um, coming from there rather than uh, how I, I I talk to so many people who kind of are in the other direction where they start out playing like you know stuff that's very pop culture driven or like consumerist, yeah. um, and then sort of d discover these other games on the periphery. Uh, that are doing something different uh so just kind of to sidestep to sidestep the uh <laughs> the like i guess conventional stuff altogether i think probably uh helps me understand a lot kind of this like the the interesting like feel of of your games and how they they seem to be kind of starting from just like a different vocabulary and and like uh history than than a lot of similar work uh even stuff like dear esther which mm -hmm. 
kind of spawns out of like Half Life Two mods. Yeah, I mean the the idea of you know uh, I mean the the version of DLS that the only version that I've played is you know the, the one on Steam and mm -hmm. um, finding out that it's you know uh, I, I found out that it's a mod after I played it or mm -hmm. after I saw it, uh, the versions of it on the internet or something, um, and you know. Um, and I was I was vaguely familiar with you know uh, <laughs> with, with Half Life, but I've never played it. Um, mm -hmm. uh, but it is uh, especially if you sort of read uh, criticism around DLS, uh, it is it is sort of mentioned constantly and as a, as a as a sort of starting point or or a starting frame to read the game through. Um, and and a lot of our process early on when we were sort of thinking about moving in first person, what does video game space mean and so on, and we were not very good at building it. Um, we were trying to understand what it meant to have a, a, a kind of history of uh, familiarity with, with certain kinds of games that would let you read uh, newer works with, a, with what seemed to us to be relative ease. Uh, but all that mm -hmm. led to was a kind of deep-rooted um, skepticism, I guess, <laughs> towards, towards game mechanics. Uh, and in game systems that we've not quite uh, gotten rid of yet. Uh, I mean, we we uh, I, I've begun to really enjoy uh, sort of uh, larger, more, more conventional games, especially ones that I can play co-op, you know, with my with my brother. Mm -hmm. uh, but you know, uh, I mean, there, there is still a a, a kind of um, difference between engaging with 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 a with a sort of conventional game and then playing something that I really, really enjoy, like uh, Genesis Noir, or, you know, it's like a, it's like a smaller game that is uh, that, that is sort of playing with language and playing with spaces and, and words and, and authors in, in, in ways that seem, at least to me, to be very familiar uh, and, and very exciting. Uh, mm -hmm. that, that just seem flattened or deadened, you know, when, when I play certain other games. Right. Yeah, I think it is just a lot about just like how like what is, what is even the the like for lack of a better like the purpose of of the work uh and and a lot of times with larger games it seems uh primarily just driven by by uh this is meant to be entertainment that you can sell to someone uh if i'm being especially yeah. cynical um <laughs> which isn't to say that like that's that that i don't enjoy that stuff but i think um just having having that baseline of just like what what is the work trying to do i think sort of informs a lot of of like how much am I how much energy I put in trying to like come away with something more impactful uh versus yeah. with smaller games where I just kind of my way of engaging with them is just very different it's just like okay this it's, especially if it's just like if it's like a free game by like a small creator it's just like they're they're probably not making this for for uh, any other reason than it was like a a piece of of uh like an artistic piece that they they felt compelled to to create, um, yeah. which obviously I'm 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 simplifying everything here, but <laughs> I mean there's uh, you know there, there are you know obviously games that sort of overlap uh, right. between the spectrum you know the, that are built by slightly larger teams that are still mm -hmm. really really fascinating firewalls, for example. Um, uh, but what I've what I've found uh, is you know every time we tend to engage with larger games, especially games that sort of last a fairly large amount of time and have you do a lot of sort of uh, stuff you know, through, throughout the game, even though, even though the interactions usually tend to be repetitive and, and simple. Uh, I'm far more fascinated by the sort of technical processes, you know, that have led to the simulation mm -hmm. largely because we are learning, you know, how to do, oh, how did they 
do the rocks here. You know, oh, this actually looks fascinating. Oh, the skybox is weird. Uh, then, um, you know, uh, or, or pretending that I'm, you know, out for a stroll in a game <laughs> pointlessly or something, mm -hmm. uh, rather than uh, than actually playing it. And, and there are very few games that will sort of, um, that I've, I've become completely comfortable playing and that I've played, you know, from start to finish. Which is, which is not to say that, you know, that any of these games are, are, are terrible. <laughs> uh, I think it's, it's more idiosyncratic and, and, and yeah. uh, it's just, just the way that I've, uh, I happen to approach games. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, yeah, clearly we're, we're, we're collapsing a lot of complexity down, but I think it is like <laughs> a kind of, it, it, it gives a, I think a bit of context to the different ways. Like I think so often we, we talk about games in terms of just like their, I guess, production size or their budget. Like we have like the AAA games with the multi-million dollar budgets. And then we got the capital I indies with several million dollars <laughs> probably. Uh, and then we have kind of everything else that we don't really have a term for. But I, I think maybe uh, talking about them in terms of like, what is the what is like the form that they're trying to to be like what is the the impetus for their for them existing uh what what is like the history of of games that they're drawing on can sometimes lead to to more interesting uh discussions which um i'm i'm getting off on a on a whole other tangent <laughs> um but yeah it's it's so interesting because uh i was i was talking to someone else recently about Dear Esther, specifically in context of, mm -hmm. of uh, like the genre uh, or like what has become a genre called walking simulators. Um, yeah. And how that kind of rose, uh, that that was like kind of like a derisive uh, term for, for mm -hmm. games like Dear Esther and then later stuff like Don't Gone Home. So to have that be like, rather than to come into that with the context of like, okay, this is something sort of in opposition to mm -hmm. conventional like first person shooters to rather just to to start playing something like Derester without that context or without like that built-in assumption of like how how does a first person game work uh yeah i think just like it's just a very very interesting to me <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean and it automatically you know makes uh first person games if you if you if you assume uh, like DNS there to be a, a kind of default uh, interaction format, you know, yeah? mm -hmm. <laughs> and then you play like a full-fledged third-person game which has so much UI, you know, thrown on the screen and and so many movements you have to do. It it, it just seems frenetic and a little overwhelming. Uh, and 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 you know, and and the uh, impulse, at least to begin with, because you're coming off of DNS, is to try and follow the story or or to try and follow dialogue. Uh, but it is, you know, interrupted in, in these myriad ways that you can quite make sense of. So, you know, <laughs> so it took me a while to uh, silo the two of them into two separate categories. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that could be <laughs> a valid source of the skepticism that we have towards a certain kind of engagement with games, I guess. Yeah, and I did want to to, that was the second thing I wanted to kind of ask a little bit about was, uh, you mentioned that skepticism towards, mm -hmm. like, I guess, more like mechanical or like systems-driven games, uh, and I just, I, I, w I wonder if you could could expand a bit on about that. Um, yeah. I, I think that's like a very, 
I don't know if like controversial is maybe the right word, but like it's a it's a <laughs> it's an interesting way to view games, which I think are are so often positioned as systems first and then everything else secondary. So um, you know, uh, most of it is uh, our our approach to its building games. So this is not so much a understanding of games per se. You know, as in what are games allowed to be or you know the mm-hmm. domain of games. It it is for the the space within uh, games that we want to work uh, work work in, and, and and the and the bits that we find most interesting. And and one of the things that we realized early on was you know we've we've very very interested in um, in 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 telling a certain kind of story, you know, which is very hard to um, hard to articulate. Sort of stories of you know specific kinds of contested histories, you know, stories of um, sort of uh, people left behind by by sort of progress, uh, small private um, insular griefs that are that are you know uh, that are caused by an an application of often colonial or neocolonial power uh, as stories that are typical to uh, post-colonial literature but 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 are not widely read beyond uh, the other works of specific authors or in specific context um, and 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 the more fissured and and and, and bizarre these stories become uh, the the harder they they are to coherently narrate uh, so so we be very very interested in sort of composing them together into video game-like forms, and that has always been our primary lens. It continues to be our primary lens. So adding systems to that sort of an exploration automatically, you know, uh, causes you to ask, you know, what uh, what do these systems portend and how is it going to fundamentally alter how the story is being read? Um, mm-hmm. and, 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 the, and the greater the number of systems, the more control the, the player has over how the stories are read. And we're not confident enough in how we build games yet, um, nor are we comfortable enough with the stories that we are telling uh, that we can relinquish control completely, you know, or mm. at least relinquish control over the act of reading a story, which to us is a, you know, sort of central mechanical part of the game. Um, so, you know, so which is why every time we add uh, an interaction to the game, you know, say eating a, a building block in edible places, it is a, a it is a very large sort of leap for us. You know, we, we sort mm-hmm. of spend a lot of time thinking about it and uh, wondering if we should actually be doing it. You know, perhaps just talking about it is enough. You know, why do we need to allow people to do it? Uh, to you know, to to try and wonder if the spectacle of engaging in an action in a simulated space is genuinely worthwhile when often the stories are about uh, the cost of performing that spectacle. Uh, you know, in, in or or its manifestation in, in, in reality. So um, so each interaction therefore becomes a very tedious and careful negotiation um, <laughs> with you know do we want to insert it in the game? How do we insert it in the game? Uh, how does it change what we are trying to do with the story here? Uh, and you know and hence you know like, you know the the, the skepticism um, again this is uh, only because of the very peculiar way in which uh, we we make games in the in the sort of niche that we <laughs> that that we work in, and and of course you know we we do enjoy grand uh, sort of uh, games that are uh, you know nested and, and bifurcated amalgam of of of, of systems. Uh, I I just don't think that we have culturally uh, enough enough of a vocabulary to 
coherently understand and, 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 and control all the various things that you can simulate and do and engage with uh, in, in, a, in, a, in a video game. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, it just helps me, helps me understand a bit more uh, what you mean by, by skeptical. There, there is uh, there is something very interesting about playing several of your games back to back. I think I ended up doing it reverse chronologically, um, but I, I imagine going through them uh, in order uh, would probably be be more illustrative because um, taking a game like uh, a museum of dubious splendors, which has has very little uh, interaction besides choosing uh, what door to go through or or are looking around in a space um, like you can't really connect with that world uh, very explicitly to something like you mentioned uh, the indifferent wonder vetable places, which has uh, kind of several bits of interaction. You have obviously like the, the sort of core structure that you work from of the text and the environment, mm -hmm. but you also have this like tracking element to, to determine which pieces of the building to eat uh, you have yeah. the the choice of whether or not to eat that building, and then obviously the eating uh, itself. Um, and and I mean in that in that, that instance, I think it 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 works uh, tremendously well um, in in terms of reinforcing the, the the themes of sort of erasure and and colonialism and and like mm -hmm. a, a bit of like a, a technical like disconnect from from what actually is is occurring. I think it was uh, also you know easy for us uh, with edible places to make that leap relatively quickly, uh, for sort of two reasons. It's a very angry game in some ways, you know, mm -hmm. much angrier and much less considered uh, than other work that we usually do. Uh, partly because it was written, uh, so it was readapted rather from uh, uh, an installation that we were doing at that time um, in in Leicester, I believe, uh, at, at Phoenix. Um, so it was a two-screen installation, and you know you were eating a a, a sort of um, city as you were you know wandering through it in 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 one half, and all of it would get deposited as sort of excretion in the in the, in the other half, and that makes <laughs> museumified jars. Um, so so we had you know this this rough systems in 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 place, um, and and we were thinking about notions of erasure, but across a much broader spectrum of history. Uh, when the uh, when when uh, when the Supreme Court, you know, of, of, of India uh, announced its judgment in a controversial um, case where a, a a mosque had been demolished in eighty nine, um, hmm. uh, you know, the the Babri Masjid in Ayodhya, and and they effectively ended up awarding rights to the land. Uh, you know, underneath the mosque uh, after it had been demolished to the people, uh, you know, or to the people closely associated with the original band of goons who had uh, demolished the mosque in the first place and had led to a, a large amount of sectarian tensions and violence in the country since then. Um, and there were sort of other political strands uh, wound into our, our sort of um, reactionary anger uh, to such a violent withdrawal you know, of 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 place from history uh, and and from from notions of justice. Um, so so uh, you know so so we ended up making that you know um, violently to consuming uh, buildings quite literally very, very easily for that game. The the bit about anger is interesting because um, I would agree it does feel significantly more anger angry and like more 
pointed than uh, <laughs> any of the other games of yours that I've played. Thank you about it. It is it is interesting how I this is a that's a very undeveloped thesis. Um, so <laughs> I, I I might not think this uh, with more thought, but it it does feel <laughs> as if anger is is maybe a emotion or or theme that works particularly well for 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 games at least in terms of like the way that games are are commonly structured like i think we have we have many verbs currently for for like destruction and and consumption yeah. um and sort of just demolishing things that's yeah. kind of that's like uh, that's often like the default uh uh language <laughs> of video games um to, to again be a bit a bit un uncharitable to them <laughs> Yeah, I mean the, the the idea of quickly deconstructing something uh, inside a, a simulated space, you know, because it is so easy yeah, and 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 gives you such a sense of thrill or control, uh, is definitely a commonly used uh, sort of mechanic, or or at least a sort of underlying subsystem. But uh, you, you're right. I mean, um, when when we were thinking about how 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 short, linear, and, and somewhat sort of verbally violent uh, edible places ended up becoming and you know wondering if we wanted it to be that uh, or not uh, we were worried about how comfortable it was uh, in in taking the immediate reactionary anger that we felt um, which we still believe was justified um, and and translated it into you know uh, into into a narrative uh, that did not give you enough room around it to to challenge it right uh, which are other games we hope do to a certain extent at least and they're sort of slower uh, more considered uh, pieces of text and you know sometimes uh, a, a little bit more dense as well um and uh, and since then we have uh, you know other works that we've done uh, we've, we've sort of grappled with that idea you know, is it is it right uh, for video games to already prone to a, a sort of reactionary right. impulse is, is it right to sort of uh, to to use the medium solely to respond to contemporary political concerns without a a, a deeper, more considered sense of um, history, so, sort of embedded within within the text itself. You know, as as video game authors, is it is it necessary to 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 delve into uh, arguments and, and and histories and conversations about what you're working on, uh, or, or can it be more pointed? And we don't have a comfortable answer for it yet. You know, this is something that we sort of struggle with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think it, it it varies quite a bit. I think so much of video games are already reactionary, though unfortunately not not towards uh, the structures that I I wish they were. Um, they're they're <laughs> I, I I forget who said it, um, but sort of the back when there was uh, just a bunch of inane arguments coming about about whether or not games had politics somebody <laughs> made the point that that like most games default position is is conservatism uh and then everything else <laughs> kind of has to fight against that uh which i you, you know obviously there's 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 some nuance uh lost there uh but it does <laughs> it does feel kind of like that is so often just Due to games history, they they tend to veer towards conservative modes of of engaging with them, um, if yeah. not the narrative themselves. But if, oh, sorry, even with the nuance in narrative, you know how reward systems are sort of hard coded into into mm -hmm. 
most video games, you know, you usually have a fairly uh, direct, you know, binary of, uh, of of good and bad actions, and and you know, or, or comfortable and uncomfortable actions, and you know, uh, people that can and cannot be exploited, and territories that can and cannot be consumed or appropriated, and you know, even when even when the delineations are not uh, explicitly colonial, it is using the same language, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and the same rhetoric of imagining the conquest of. <laughs> Uh, of of people and places and languages and uh, customs, um, you know, in 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 a surprising variety, uh, and at a surprising scale, you know. So, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, that is <laughs> certainly terrible. Yeah, and I and I think it's a very challenging position for uh, like progressive and leftist game creators to be working mm-hmm. from, because you are kind of having to to untangle a lot of the existing presumptions and expected behaviors or rewards uh, that have just arisen out of out of games culture and uh, un- unless you are inventing like a fully new form uh, you, you <laughs> kind of have to just kind of reckon with the way that people are going to to come into your game with yeah. a whole slew of assumptions even even assuming that they are already sort of politically aligned with you i think there's um a lot of of game mechanics which uh are really challenging to fit within that political framework um like i i I wrote a piece a little while back about kind of the Mm -hmm. the way that a lot of leftist games tend to repurpose mechanics uh from sort of more conservative genres or if not like outright Mm -hmm. like uh right-wing uh, sort of games and how simply like simply reframing that as like a progressive action instead of a conservative one doesn't really do all that much to change like the 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 core mode of interaction um yeah. and and kind of just like continues this sort of sort of cyclical like back mm. and forth uh, relationship which isn't to like give tre- credence to, to stuff like like course shoe theory because i don't think that's really uh, quite what I'm I'm talking about, and I uh, don't want that to to be the the uh, sort of assumption. But I I do think like in order to create games that are like politically uh, progressive and 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 like reaching beyond uh, sort of the the expectation of what games can be as like capitalist objects, yeah. we kind of have to yeah. to 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 like almost rebuild them into into something different that we don't we haven't seen before yeah uh, you're right i mean the um there has to be a there's there's a severe lack of um uh of, of sort of critical room and and vocabulary around video games that you otherwise find in you know theater for example or mm-hmm. uh, literature or even film yeah, to a very large extent, mm-hmm. uh, you know, where uh, where a work can be critiqued from a variety of political standpoints and a variety of sociological standpoints, uh, and 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 be placed in you know a, a variety of histories simultaneously and still remain coherent. That is very hard to do with video games. You know, mm-hmm. there is one. Uh, large history for video games, and you know everything has to sort of slot into it somehow, uh, or it is regionally 
or racially uh, sort of segregated. It's like an Indian video game, or it has to be a you know specific kind of video game for it to be mm-hmm. to make sense. Um, oh, and that is a a, a sort of silly way of uh, critiquing a, a dense medium like video games. I think. Um, mm-hmm. But perhaps you know if there was uh, if you know over time there 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 starts to exist a, a larger uh, spectrum of criticism, it'll become easier to perforate some of these you know monolithic works, uh, and then see you know uh, elements of one kind of political function in in some systems and another kind of political function in some other systems, and still have the works altogether be coherent somehow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I and I do think we are starting to to see that. Uh, in in various ways, uh, primarily in terms of like some very small developers on places like itch.io, yeah, um, and and other kind of like independent sites, uh, as well as like uh, critics at at smaller publications, to yeah. kind of and, trying, you know, in yeah. sort of uh, you know, uh, papers, you know, uh, there's some fascinating mm-hmm. uh, models uh, that you encounter now and again. There is definitely you know, some wonderful work being done in pockets. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm I'm very I'm I'm optimistic uh, for kind of the trajectory of these games, uh, which is uh, strange for me to say because I, I I often <laughs> feel as if video games are 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 a bit of a blight uh, on all of us. Um, <laughs> uh, but but uh, I I need to I need to measure that against. Uh, the hope that I do actually feel playing, playing some of these smaller games, like playing playing your games, mm-hmm. for instance, or it's like okay, yes, games can be doing things differently. Like we, there is still so much potential uh, that has not been explored. Like there are so many ideas that that we're yeah. only just sort of scraping at. Like uh, I, I I think the the relentless pace of video games can make it feel like a much older medium than it is um like just Mm. just how much changes so quickly uh it can kind of to me at least it can cause it all to feel as if it's been around much longer than it has uh because realistically we have maybe like 40 or so years of 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 popular uh of games being like within the the larger uh sphere of 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 media um but it certainly, it certainly feels like quite a bit longer than that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, so uh, uh, to 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 change gears just a little a little bit before I run out of time. One of the one of the things I wanted to talk a little bit about specific to to your work uh, that I noticed going through several of them is that uh, I, I don't know if this is always the case, um, but at least in certain cases, it seemed that. Uh, the the text of the game is sort of presented as if it is being adapted or recovered or otherwise kind of repurposed from a an existing uh, text somewhere else, whether that's like a poem or yeah. a diary, some 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 third party uh, that has written it, and that you are now using that as kind of the basis for your game. Uh, mm-hmm. And as far as far as I can understand it. Uh, some, if if not all of these, are kind of uh, fictional uh, authors. <laughs> um, I, I don't I I don't know if that's always the case, and I I don't uh, you don't have to reveal uh, any secrets. Um, but I did <laughs> I did I did notice that in in 
uh, at least one or one or two comments uh, that you had left uh, for people asking kind of about them. But and it was such an interesting idea that I don't think I had really considered in the, in the context of games of kind of invoking this this other external author for the purpose of kind of how how the game is how is is read specifically like the yeah. text of the game is read uh, 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 we, we we sort of uh, we, we have a term for it <laughs> we call it redacting authorship yeah uh, mm. from a game uh, and uh, it's quite deliberate and it's it's there in most of our works not, not all of them uh, but most of them and there is uh, usually a layer of um, a fictitious author uh, and it's usually an author from the region that we work with. So most of our games are set in the South Malwa region, you know, the sort of South Gujarat parts of Madhya Pradesh. Mm-hmm. Um, and and they, they, they talk about uh, places and, and people and, and sort of concerns that are, that are typical to this to this region. Uh, and it's usually a fictitious author or an assemblage of fictitious authors or uh, a fictitious newspaper or magazine or, you know, literary journal that we're adapting from, uh, often with a grain of some historical truth, you know, so there's, there's a degree of mischief to the process, uh, <laughs> obfuscating actual history. Uh, but it, it's, it's designed to serve sort of two purposes. Um, so, you know, one, um, it, it is a tradition that is very common in uh, post-colonial writing. Post, uh, you know, so there are fictitious cities and authors that abound in uh, works of, say, Salman Rushdie and in, in, in the sort of magical realist post-independence uh, English language literature that spun out of, um, you know, an, an attempt at trying to reconcile uh, what the country had uh, gone through or what it even means to be a country or what it means to be a citizen here. Uh, mm. So so some of it is a continuation of that tradition, you know, into, into video games, uh, so that the game does not become this isolated software that you enter into well, without any frame, and, uh, there is some amount of uh, construction that happens uh, before the video game. You know, something that you read about it, some author that you may or may not believe exists or does not mm. exist, uh, going into the video game, and some something that perhaps you uh, might want to look into just a little bit. You know, uh, once the video game is done, uh, or once you've finished engaging with it, uh, it is also perhaps a legacy of you know how. how of, of, of the kind of installation work that we do, so the, there's some printed material that you uh, usually have, and you know sometimes uh, stuff that you carry back with you from the game. Uh, so, um, so it's you know it, it's it's nice to leave some of this open ended, but it is also very useful in creating a a buffer between uh, places and people that we might be talking about or interested in talking about, but we have no real authority to do so. You know, it, um, uh, especially when there are there are narratives that he very close to uh, sort of Adivasi uh, struggles and movements in 1961 as uh, two states were separating and a, and a border was being drawn. You know, if if you're interested in ideas of border conflict and and I happen to sort of live very close to uh, the, the the place where uh, these movements happened, uh, we don't want to inadvertently. Um, appropriate stories that we may not really have a right to tell um mm-hmm. and, and 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 certainly not uh you know um inadvertently sort of appropriate uh their languages uh and and and, and, and customs if we do not uh, understand them uh, relate to them completely um so so you know adding a, a a fictitious set of authors and 
often constructing a fairly intricate fictitious history around uh, the town of Matsyapur, you know, which does not exist, but features in a lot of our works. Um, it helps us sort of <laughs> create this simulated uh, bit of reality that we can play with a little bit uh, without, uh, you know, um, uh, without, without butting into the, the real world uh, too, you know, too much. Yeah, that, yeah. I will, I'll have to. I'll have to look into those those uh, magical realist uh, works. Uh, I, I I have not familiar at all, uh, kind of with with that history. Um, but I, I mean, there's a lot of uh, fascinating sort of magical realist writing that comes out of the colonies. I mean, not not just in India, you know, mm -hmm. but, uh, but throughout Southeast Asia, uh, and it is quite clearly being written in response to. Um, the the abrogation of colonial rule or its sudden withdrawal uh, mm -hmm. or its you know uh, or, or the or as a consequence of uh, a nationalist struggle leading to independence and then the you know profound question you know now what <laughs> who, who are we supposed to be suddenly um, and then there are so many other uh, degrees of you know authority and and degrees of power structures and uh, and inequities that that these fictions are are fake. Um, very adept at at revealing and perhaps interrogating, you know, um, the, the sort of uh, structures that survived colonialism and, and reinvigorated it in some, you know, some form of economic inequity or uh, class and caste inequity yeah, in the in mm -hmm. the country. So, so you know, so they, they become a, a wonderful sort of uh, mode of connecting contemporary political concerns with. Uh, with political agitations, especially iconic political agitations and movements and, and violences from 100, 150 years ago. Um, so, yeah, they, they did, do tend to be a, a, you know, um, a sort of cornerstone of the, of the references that we use. Do you, I'm, I'm curious kind of uh, going, going out of that history, like if there is, if there are ways specifically to games that you feel that that level of like uh sorry i, I forgot the term you used for it yeah was... <laughs> redaction of authorship redaction of authorship yeah that's i i like that a lot i wonder like are there ways that you uh aside from kind of how you've used it currently um which is sort of like as a framing device are there are there other ways that you sort of envision this mode of of uh authorship being used uh that you either want to explore that 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 you've kind of encountered uh elsewhere i think it's um and it's i think it's yeah it's, uh, it's more of a um uh critical tool uh you know a, a tool for reading and, and and understanding games rather than sort of building them uh, so mm. you know because it, it's it comes after the fact uh, because most games will will automatically share their authorship to a certain extent, right? With the with the player, that is the mm -hmm. default format of a of a video game. Uh, so there is already a kind of delegitimization of the role of an of of a traditional author. Um, so you know, so what we find interesting is in places where uh, we do not really need uh, you know uh, the the author's role to be. Uh, to be aggrandized and to be uh, celebrated, uh, whether where the world need not be so solid and and, and sort of finite, you know, and and, and its rules not so uh, limiting. Uh, it, it it can be a uh, allowing 
uh, allowing the mantle of an of an author, you know, being being given to the to the player, to other characters, or to other systems for that matter within within the game, can be quite sort of liberating to uh, you know as as a mode of perhaps thinking about games. This might not be particularly useful in sort of building games. You, you might not want to mm. start out building games to try and redact authorship unless it's an explicit political statement. Or, you know. Uh, but the degree to which authorship is shared or obfuscated or polluted or muddied or, or, or simply edited, you know, um, yeah, might be a fascinating, you know, way to look at uh, at least some games uh, mm -hmm. and, and maybe create a sort of framework to understand, uh, you know, what authorship means to, to video games. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it does feel as if video games are at least stuff that is just on the internet like internet are uh sort of especially uh receptive to this kind of 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 uh, redacted authorship uh just, yeah. just due to i think just how how much uh like legitimately authored stuff is is so routinely lost or distorted <laughs> like how much stuff just the 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 actual author of so much work is 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 erased or or unknown uh yeah. i think it's it's very i mean it's very the, it's, uh, yeah oh sorry <laughs> the uh um if, if you look at the legacy of uh of, uh, of colonial history in mm -hmm. a place like india um the the sheer volume uh and 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 authority of, of you know economic um uh, distress and, and military distress and, and territorial distress that it causes uh, er erodes to such a remarkable degree. Uh, folk tales that are spoken of, languages as they are used, you know, written documents, uh, land records, and all other manners manner of you know stories that together make you know our, our sort of lives seem more complete. Mm -hmm. And and in the absence of that authority or, or when it is replaced by some other kind of authority uh the, the process of piecing it all back together uh you, you suddenly uh you know realize that the idea of a finite author is not the most important facet you know that you're trying to preserve uh, the the idea of a a a, a kind of certainty about provenance of you know stories or texts or traditions is not what you're trying to preserve but rather their function um and 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 somehow if you if you recognize that it's not you know um i mean video games fall and, and as you said you know a lot of uh internet-based art and a lot of new media art uh plays within a similar space it might not be responding to colonial concerns at all but it is very astute at being able to respond to the kind of erasure that you get in the presence of overwhelming authority mm. and very good at teaching people to put things back together again uh, in, in various ways, you know, every, every time they play it. Uh, so that can be a remarkable process, uh, you know, to familiarize people with uh, ideas of a kind of bifurcated uh, truth rather than something which is very finite and uh, asserted over and over again. Mm. Yeah, and and it feels like just such a, such a rejection of, I I, I would consider like Western ideas of, of authorship and like the 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 holding up of like several like the the lineage of great men, uh, basically that sort of dot dot our history, um, and sort of exclude uh, many other things, whether that's like oral stories or uh, stuff that is like uh, more more communal or uh, just 
confrontational yeah. to to that structure <laughs> to, to, to to sort of explicitly sort of invoke that uh in a, in something like video games which i think are like we mentioned are sort of very entrenched in that style of of uh that that worldview um i think is like a very very uh provocative sort of thing to do even if it maybe seems kind of ancillary to to the game itself um yeah. it is more of like a framing yeah. device i do think it does a lot to kind of start to chip away at those sort of ideas of like deliberate authorship or or like uh games existing inside like kind of a vacuum of themselves or or like uh like auteur's theory where something could be the product of just one person's mind yeah. um like even 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 at, at at something sort of like very small like studio oliomingus um that's there's still uh at least two people um working on <laughs> on it so uh yeah it's <laughs> it's it's very yeah, it's very uh, interesting to me and and these are all sort of just like tangential thoughts that i'm having uh, <laughs> as i'm listening to you talk um but but i i find it very fascinating yeah i mean also the i think the there is a uh, so usually as a as a game uh, studio or you know as sort of somebody involved in making games you are very keen to understand how other forms of fiction or writing or you know storytelling might affect uh, the, the process of building games um, for us the concern tends to be the other way around uh, you know we're very interested in figuring out how processes of historiography will inevitably be affected by you know uh, forms of hypertext you know uh, predominantly video games, but other video game adjacent, you know, twine adjacent systems of organizing data on the internet. So, um, so for us, video games are a, a kind of test system to, you know, uh, to, to, to try and see, uh, if some of our assumptions, uh, actually play out and, you know, uh, and, and, and the end result is if you're not so interested in, in, in the effect that, that, that it has on video games, so much as the effect it has on the writing and, and processes of writing history itself mm -hmm. yeah i mean at, at that point it almost just becomes just another well i mean obviously obviously it is another medium but like a, another uh i guess vessel for 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 the text like just just changing just changing how it is how it is delivered um yeah. Yeah, I'm just I'm having a lot of uh, just <laughs> half half formed thoughts that I want to, uh, to to research after this call. Um, a lot of very interesting uh, ideas that you've sort of uh, inspired. But uh, in the interest of time, we'll, we'll probably start to to close things out now um, since yeah. we kind of went off on a on a few tangents. Um, if if people uh, wanted to to play your games or keep up with you or otherwise just kind of check out. Uh, your games and, and everything else that we've been talking about, where would be the best place to point them? Uh, so I think I think a site would be the best place, you know, uh, that is oleomingus.com. Uh, oleomingus is O-L-E-O-M-I-N-G-U-S. Um, we usually have quite a bit of our work on the site. Um, and, you know, we're, we're not very, we're not very good at uh, sort of updating Sort of social media feeds uh, in, in 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 a very regular fashion, nor the site for that for that matter. Uh, but we do get around to it, so you know you can usually find our work there. You can you know sort of, uh, and 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 download or play most of our games 
from there uh, or, or it links out to Steam or Istotayo pages. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and as far as I can tell, uh, all, all of your games are, are free to, to play. Um, yeah, yeah. At least um, uh, uh, there are there are like installations and stuff that right. are lo location locked or you know uh, that can yeah. occasionally be ticketed, but um, for the most part, they are free. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've, yeah. You probably can't download a an installation uh, <laughs> quite quite yet, anyway. Yeah, uh, maybe someday. Um, but yeah, if anything we if anything we talked about today sounds interesting, I would definitely recommend people go and and play your games uh there's still several on several that you've put out that i haven't gotten to play and i'm i'm very excited to to get to them so uh yeah i like to i like to sort of close these shows out um by asking the asking the guests to sort of share something that they've enjoyed recently uh or found inspiring or just something nice in the, that's happened. Uh, <laughs> I think it's there's there's so much terrible stuff happening constantly. It's it's really nice, uh, I think at least to sort of close out on just some small highlight, whether that's yeah. something, some piece of art that you've enjoyed recently, or or just something pleasant that's happened in your own life. If you have something that you would like mm -hmm. to share, yeah. Um, so. You know, usually you know, things that delight me tend to be, you know, books and you know, <laughs> uh, and, and, and stories. But um, a little while ago, I chanced upon a, on a, on a beautiful film by uh, this filmmaker called Amit Datta. Uh, it was, I believe the film was made in 2009, 2010, uh, and it is called Nainsuk, uh, N-A-I-N-S-U-K-H. And it is uh, named for a miniature artist who, who worked in this. 1700s, early 1700s, uh, in in the northern Indian states, uh, and 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 created hundreds of incredibly beautiful uh, miniature paintings, which chronicle the lives of uh, you know of, of the court and of of, of people uh, in in the in the sort of uh, small principality, you know, where uh, where where he found patronage. Uh, so so the film. Um, recreates uh, a lot of his miniature paintings uh, with the with the with the with the actors uh, sort of where, where the actors happen to pose as they would were they in a miniature painting um, and and very quietly in a, in a very gentle fashion you know using a lot of uh, beautifully shot landscape uh, and and these sort of recreations of very very staged uh, paintings it, it sort of evokes wonderful conversations and ideas about what it means to you know what it, what it means to be a, a, both a miniature artist but also to, to sort of produce work uh, you know, through a turbulent time in history and uh, and 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 sort of live through uh, a, a life convinced that what you're producing is uh, you know has a sort of merit and it's inherently beautiful it's it's an incredible film i definitely recommend it wow yeah that sounds fantastic i'm i'm looking at sort of images of it now yeah. um yeah i will i will absolutely have to have to add that to my <laughs> to my queue i have not i had not heard of it before but it sounds very much like something i would i would enjoy um do you, uh, do you know if it is a available anywhere online uh, for people to um watch? it is um i i found it on mubi m-u-b-i it's a streaming okay. service but it's also on Vimeo. You know, you can sort of rent it for a couple of days on Vimeo. I think by uh, from the from the filmmaker uh, directly. 
Cool. Yeah, I will. I will. I will leave a link to those then in the in the description. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. I think I. I think I. I'm. I'm just sort of searching uh, mm -hmm. images, and I think I recognize uh, at least one of them from the cover of uh, one of your games. Um, or maybe yeah. It's just similar. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, same look. It, uh, there's uh, very overt not to Nainsuk's uh, work there. It is a story about a you know, painter who gets trapped inside his own painting. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Goodness. Uh, and it's uh, it's it's quite a deliberate nod to this this particular artist and this particular tradition of uh, painting yeah, min miniature art. Awesome. Well, I would definitely have to make sure to to play that uh, after watching. To watch the movie or before i don't know which would be be more interesting um yeah that connect that connection i think just further speaks to the sort of different i guess uh history and, and influences that that a lot of your games are drawing from uh, yeah uh to, to avoid me getting onto a whole nother tangent uh which which i happen to do i'll let you go now uh but thanks thanks so much for coming on uh yeah really fascinating talk yeah, no, thank you so much. Yeah. It was wonderful speaking to you. <laughs> Critical Care is produced by me, Nate Kiernan, with music by Desired. You can find Desired on Bandcamp at desired.bandcamp.com. I'm on Twitter at Nate Kiernan, and you can keep up with everything Critical related at critical.com. If you'd like to help keep the lights on, you can support the show on coffee. And until next time, stay safe, stay home, and remember, this is not game over. We're still fighting, and we're going to get through this.